Welcome to the Manuscript Academy podcast, brought to you by a writer and an agent who both believe that education is key. The beauty is the people you meet along the way, and that community makes all the difference. Here at the Manuscript Academy, you can learn the skills, make the connections, and have access to experts all from home. I'm Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Zinsheimer. Put down your pens, pause your word counts, and enjoy. Hey, everyone. We are super happy to welcome you to another First Page podcast. You send us your first page, and our guest chooses one from the pile for the -the in-the-moment feedback, just like our live consultations. This week, it's just the three of us, but we have good news coming for our podcast that will mean more episodes faster. Look for updates in the next few weeks. If you'd like to get an email when new episodes go up, you can head to manuscriptacademy.com slash subscribe or hit the subscribe button in your app of choice. And this week, you guys, our page is courtesy of Tamara Kaler. Yay, Tamara. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Trees that haven't worn green leaves in my lifetime line the brick path like bars of a cage. Too tall and tight and close, their trunks press in and my feet I won't think about the reason Miss Smolinski brought us to the square. The wind tumbles through the trees and I grab my hair, twisting around my fist as I shuffle behind my classmates. In the excitement of our impromptu field trip, their voices collide and bounce off each other, like the chitter of the endangered squirrels living in the square. Just ahead of me, three girls collapse against each other in a fit of laughter, and I press my lips together, trying to ignore the uncomfortable tug in my middle. I don't mind walking alone. I don't. Miss Smolinski marches down the path, leading us by the fountain without water and the statue of children tossing items into a recycling bin. As broken branches clack in the wind, she stops at a tree shaggy with peeling bark and makes a show of tipping her square jaw toward the sky. My classmates' whispers charge the air with buzzing. One girl squeals. Another girl throws a hand over her mouth while dread coils around my muscles petrify me in place. The moment we entered the square, I just knew... I lift my eyes to the cage made of rusted metal ribbons and suspended by chains slung over a thick branch. Inside the metal box, bones covered in places by flesh darkened from age and rot rest among a bundle of threadbare cloth. A long creamy bone dangles through a square hole in the bottom of the cage. When the wind gusts, the bone sways. In the opposite corner from the bones and cloth, my neighbor, Mrs. Green, is curled in a ball. Wow, thank you. I will just say... It would be easier for me if there were more mistakes here. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, in the best possible way. And this is one, your voice is amazing. And I yes. feel like you just pulled me into that place of something I've been thinking of a lot, which is that suspended disbelief, where mm-hmm. you just feel, you feel all the motion on the page. You're perfectly aware where you are in the page and the stakes of this girl I'm assuming it's a girl because of the way she seemingly feels about the other girls squealing and having that friendship. But yeah, so when I don't have the query here, but I'm assuming is this YA fantasy? I It's YA. I'm calling it speculative fiction. Yep. Just mm-hmm. because dystopian. Yeah, we just went through that. So I think <laughs> speculative fiction sounds great. <laughs> I think it's always amazing when you could just take a, a page cold and not fantasy or speculative fiction, like they're close and that we just 
feel it. It feels genre specific and that's amazing. I was going to ask just for a very quick summary of what's going to happen after this because I could see this going in so many different directions. I love how it starts so grounded and Mm. it feels like our world only more. But then we start getting these details that are just really spooky and kind of cool because you've set it up in a way that's so grounded that I can almost picture school for myself when I was a kid. And so then it makes it almost scarier when we get to this cage with rusted metal ribbons and chains and bones. Yikes. Like it's still a beautiful writing, even though we're about to hit the bones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank thank you very much. It was hard. I did spend some time trying to balance grounding the reader and introducing all the new stuff at the same time. It feels good to hear you say that maybe I got close to that balance. Can you tell us just a little bit about what's going to happen? Sure. It's a future where medical care is rationed. And our main character, Stella, she's training as a military medic. But medicine and medical care for civilians is outlawed due to overpopulation of the planet and climate change. So that's how I started on this idea. It was before the pandemic hit, and I was thinking, like, seeing all this news about no more polar bears and icebergs falling into the sea. And I was like, wow, how would climate change affect us? What drastic things would we do as a society to survive? And in combination with that, I was thinking about like medical care and sometimes how that can be so hard for so many people. And that those two ideas came together. And that's where I came up with the story. This is so interesting to me because I'm looking right here at this line that did strike me as you're reading. And I was like, there are no endangered squirrels ever. (laughs) (laughs) Of an endangered squirrel squirrels living in the square. And I was like, what that was a that's curious, right? Mm -hmm. Like the chitter of the endangered squirrels, like right there. I think this is an example of such a well-placed detail that really is priming us from what you just described to us. A lot of writers struggle with how you're gonna show that and holding that back. And something like that is just a perfect choice. And I love that you took something normal to say Mm. something so unusual. Squirrels are so normal, but the fact that they're endangered is a really big tip off that things are not right. And I don't know about you guys, but where I live, sometimes squirrels are mean. Like they will throw things at you from their trees. (laughs) Yeah, ours are a lot out of control. They're they're definitely not endangered. (laughs) No, they're kind of aggressive. (laughs) Yeah, I had one in my apartment once. Would not recommend Really? Like it came through a window? Yeah, it was hanging out on the fridge and eating cereal. And I just, (laughs) I I knew that I had to make the first move. So I grabbed what I could find and it was tostada shells. And I threw tostada shells at it till it jumped out the window. That would be really scary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think I would run back outside. Oh my gosh. Oh no, it could have the apartment. I'm telling you, it could have the apartment. I'm not here for it. No, you can have it. Oh my God. But this was so, wonderful. I love this. And I'm just, I'm looking right now before we leave this subject, another clue that you give that I didn't actually notice as much now, but now it's really striking me as genius. Ms. Smolensky marched down the path leading us by the fountain without water and the statue of children tossing items into recycling. And that's mm-hmm. that says so much, like the recycling bin and without water. This is masterful details. A big part of this world is the lack of water. And that is the first falling domino that starts everything else. Because then you have problems with food production and just everything in life. I just think we use water a lot. We don't even realize it. And, and some of this too, my husband works in Niger, where water is a precious commodity. And they always have to... Um, truck in water. And I remember when he first went over there and they were setting up this camp, 
they were dumping their wastewater in the desert and they had people on motorcycles with clubs chasing them because they didn't want them to dump this wastewater where their goats were because their goats are how they survive. So it was interesting. It's so different than how we are here. So I I ask him lots of questions. I reread the last couple of sentences like six times in the last two minutes because I can't get over the details uh, about the cage and the bones and poor Miss Green sitting in the other corner. I need to know what happens next. I just feel like I was immediately drawn into this character. We all had moments growing up as women, having the girls laughing and talking and having Mm. our little solo moments where we're just like by ourselves, no matter what the reason is. We've all had those moments. And then to feel grounded in that character because we've been there and then turn around and get pushed into something so unfamiliar. It's just, wow, hold on. What is going on? I need the next page. I need to, <laughs> I need to keep going. So I, I love this. I totally can't wait for this to get picked up because I want to read it. Oh, thank you. Can you tell us a little about how it's been going so far? I've only done maybe seven queries that I've sent out. And I only sent out one query at a time and I've been really working. I look at like the first queries I sent out and my query letters changed a lot. It's been refined. I did have a consultation through the Manuscript Academy and that agent did request more pages. And then Congratulations. Thank you. And then I just had a second consultation where I had sent in like the first 30 with a different mm-hmm. agent and that agent, I came out with three pages and notes. And it was really good stuff. It wasn't anything major. It was more some fine tuning. They wanted to see a little more world building and just a couple of small changes. So I have been working on that a lot the last week, trying to fine tune everything. And I'm actually really happy with how it's turned out. I want to jump in and mention that while most people don't send just one submission at a time, that doesn't mean that it's wrong to do so. It sounds like you're putting a lot of thought into that process. Can you talk a little bit about your thought process behind that? Yeah, probably it came from fear-based. One, that my query letter wasn't where it needed to be, and I just wanted to test the waters. I didn't want to burn a lot of bridges. And then secondly, I've been really concerned with querying this on the heels of a pandemic because it is dark and it does deal. It's there's not a pandemic, but it deals with medicine. And I know that for myself during the pandemic, my reading was a lot different than what I normally read. I read so many rom-coms and I never read rom-coms. And so I figure that there's probably other people that feel the same way. So I have slowly approached querying just for that reason and wanting to make sure, I don't know if a manuscript will ever be good enough for me. I'm always seeing something that can always be better. I think that makes you a writer. It was at Augustine Burroughs I saw and he flipped his book over and it was a published book and he just crossed out half the page. I think the question sometimes is, is when is it ready? When I look at what you have here, it feels ready to me. Can you talk about your saggy middle? How do you keep things going at this intensity? I don't think it is because there's some major revelations, which there's a big twist that kind of hits in the middle that really changes the directions Mm. of things. And it really is the main character, man, her life just, it, it takes a downturn and it's someone close to her. That really bolstered the middle for me and making that turn and how her life has to take a new direction. It sounds really terrific. Yeah, I wonder if that is a common technique, make everything go badly in the middle so it doesn't sag. 
Mm-hmm. H- have you heard about this, Julie? I wonder if that would consistently work or I, one I, large change in the middle, perhaps. Yeah, would be. I, mean, I think that's certainly, I think that's what Gone Girl did. And everyone's like, um, <laughs> uh, so of course, of course. I actually think that it's just arming up your first act with just enough tension to keep things twisting and turning and making sure you have enough tension on the page. What's interesting about it to me is that I think on the sense level it works. And then it also works just as a really interesting ride. So I feel confident, Tamara, that that you have the chops to do it. Thank you. And I think also what's helped with the saggy middle is I think the second half has a lot more teeth. And I didn't come up with that. I got that from a reader. Because in the beginning, Stella... She doesn't agree with things, but she's not as brave as maybe she could be. And there are some things that happen to her that really lights a fire under her, so to speak. And she ups her game. I think the second half is pretty fun. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Do you have any publishing questions or anything like that that we could perhaps help with? So many. Jessica with the next level question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is I always ask those in my consultations and this is supposed to be like a consultation, right? So Mm. (laughs) what can we do to help? What are the things you can't Google? (laughs) The things I can't Google. Oh gosh. Would you consider this upmarket? Yes. Okay. Because when I read it, I think it's, as I understand upmarket, it's a cross between literary and commercial. And I wouldn't say this is literary, but yeah. Okay. No, you have too much plot for it to be literary, but your sentences are too beautiful. Not that commercial writing doesn't have beautiful sentences, but the way this all fits together in such a thoughtful way feels upmarket to me. And then another question, and I'm sure other people might be in the same situation as far as a story like this that is dark and coming on the heels of a pandemic. How do you pitch that to make it marketable? With hope. I think if you really (laughs) emphasize your character's agency and power, and I really hope she's going to make everything better. Sometimes there's nothing more hopeful than someone in a terrible situation coming out better Mm. and making the world better. And I think if you really emphasize, hey, even in this situation that is everything we're fearing right now, she saves the day. I think that's good. And I also think that emphasizing the things about it that are, if there are crushes or school friends or school things or all of the things that we can relate to in our world to help give you that broader emotional and aesthetic range, Mm -hmm. I think that will help too. Okay. Thank you. And and another question I have is during my last consultation, one of the critiques, it wasn't a query critique, but the critique to my query anyway. And one of the things that the agent said was that I could improve my comps. And so the agent suggested that I Google the most anticipated or YA fantasy science fiction, speculative fiction of 2018, 19, and 20. And I was shocked that he told me to do that because I always thought that we were not supposed to compare or use comps that did well. I think most anticipated is okay. Runaway bestseller would not be okay, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because the list is usually 10, 20 books. And that's a guess. Those are the books with the buzz. And it's too early to know what the sales are. Mm 
Hmm. So I think that's fine. I think as long as you don't go with a runaway bestseller, it's okay. I know comps are so complicated. And that's why we had to have a little class on this. I can see why that advice would make sense because those would be the books that have enough buzz that it's likely that agents have heard of them. Mm-hmm. And have if they've heard of them, then they understand what you're talking about. It sends a better message. And it's saying, my house is like this other house that is a perfectly stable house and does not have anything breaking the roof. It's like real estate. It's like my book is in the neighborhood of this book. So I think you do want it to be in a neighborhood where people feel like if they sell it, they'll make a commission. I know it's tough. I think that's a way to go about it. But I always think that the most important thing about comps is to give a really good idea quickly of what your work is going to feel like. I I listened to your class on submissions. I have so many screenshots on my phone because while (laughs) I was doing this, I was like taking pictures of everything so I could go back and look later. And Uh, comps are so hard. I know everybody probably thinks this, but I've tried to find something similar to my book. And that has really been the biggest struggle for me is finding good comps. Have you posted in the Facebook group? No, I have not. Okay. So if you want to, you can go to the Facebook group for those listening at home, head to manuscriptacademy.com slash Facebook and join. And if you want to, you can post your first paragraph, a little description about your book, some comps you'd considered and see if anyone in that lovely, supportive, large audience has a comp idea for you. Oh, that's a great um, Because idea. that's the sort of thing humans can help with better than robots. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking, this reminds me a lot of, and I might get her name wrong, so I hope, I don't know if Jessica, you can pronounce it, um, Victoria Aveyard. Is that how you spell it? The Red Queen? Yes, that's it. It just the vibe that, that and the kind of the writing feels really similar to me. So maybe one of her books might be a good pick for at least one of your comps. I didn't know if she'd be too big. I think she just came out with a new book, Realm Breaker. I have it on my um, Kindle, but I haven't started it yet. Yeah, she is big for sure, but I actually think it's a good comp. I feel like her first pages are so spot on, and I feel like you're pretty close here. Okay, then I will take that as a compliment and I will. Definitely take your advice, Julie. Oh, no problem. And if you don't, it's no problem too. (laughs) You can still use movies and TV shows and things of that nature as well. And I've also, and Jessica, you can let me know if this is incorrect, but I've also seen some of the queries we've gone over. People say, oh, it has the voice of this and the structure of this. Mm -hmm. So they've broken up in different ways too. So it doesn't have to be like, my book is this meets this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. One comp I was considering using was The Gray Shear by Kim Leggett, which might be too big because it's going to be made into a movie. But I thought it had the same tone as her book. I don't know. Have any of you read The Gray Shear? No. I haven't yet, no. Oh, I loved Sounds- it. I had a book hangover afterwards. <laughs> just, I love those. I hate those. You just walk around in a daze. What did I just read? I could see this any book other- giving someone that effect. <laughs> so. Yeah. Any final thoughts, yeah. Jessica, on this piece? I think it's beautiful. I understand what you mean about it being hard to work on dark subjects right now. But I Mm -hmm. actually think that sometimes there's that weird flip, right? Like sometimes a book is familiar. And so people say, oh, no, we've got something like that already. Or people are already talking about this too much. The conversation won't hold until it comes out. Or sometimes that makes it a big book. There was a really interesting piece about the novel Prep, which came out, goodness, probably in the earliest 2000s. And when it was being pitched, people were saying, another boarding school book? That's never going to work. 
But then another press looked at it and said, oh, a boarding school book, those consistently do well. (laughs) So it's that interesting flip of people can take the same data and see it differently. The, The same things that may make you worry that people are too upset for something dark might also make people feel that this is relevant. That's really good. And, and, and may make it feel like a big book. Okay. Yeah. And the, the teacher part of me, I taught seventh grade at a point in my life. And this is the type of thing that when you can actually talk about a story and then pull it out into how it relates to today, which is like those on your own, like comprehension questions, mm-hmm. that's where the money is teaching. So even though it's not preachy or anything like that, like it's a conversation mm-hmm. and I like, that's amazing. Those are always my favorite books to read. So I wanted to write something. They always say, write what you like to read. So that's what I tried to do. I just enjoy books that I think about for a long time afterwards. Yeah. I've only seen a page, but I could see this having that effect. You're going to have to keep us posted yes. on this success. And we want to hear about, you know, we want you to come back on when this is with like your agent. <laughs> yes. yes. And so. your editor. <laughs> it would be. All right. Go team. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy that you were able to make the time and share your beautiful page. Mm, thank you. Um, yeah. Thanks, Tamara. So if you'd like to submit your page for a podcast, please send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first page on the subject line. And if you'd like an email when new episodes go up, head over to manuscriptacademy.com slash subscribe. Tons of good stuff coming soon. Yay. Can't wait. Thanks, everyone. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our first pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.